Season's greetings to you and your loved ones. May this Christmas be your healthiest to date. The Christmas cheer is infectious here at the Wellness Couch and we've put together one very special hamper for one very special Wellness Coucher. One lucky person who registers for any wellness-based camp event in 2019 will win a wellness hamper including a selection of primal alternative Christmas baked treats to enjoy on Christmas Day, two jars of bone broth from our good friends at Tone Made, that's one beef and one chicken, and a VIP upgrade to the wellness base camp you're attending, including front row seats, dinner with the speakers, and a whole lot more. Valued at over $400, this wellness hamper could be yours when you register for the Wellness Base Camp in Fremantle, Newcastle or Auckland. All the details are at thewellnessbasecamp.com and all you need to do is get your tickets before the stroke of midnight on Sunday, December 16. Happy, healthy Christmas to you from all of us here at The Wellness Couch. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I think I sounded quite excited with that little opening just there, don't you? But you always sound excited. Do I? Do I? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think I'm always excited when we do our podcast. It's always such a beautiful, like, you know, us coming together and having a chat and sort of going through what's going on, 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 on in our lives. If I could speak properly today, that would be a start but what's going on in our lives and to be able to share it with all of our listeners and really let our listeners be a fly on the wall in our lives. I think it's really, I think it's a real gift and a blessing. So I feel really excited. And today we are going to do that. We're going to have a catch up between the three of us gals and talk to you all about what we've got going on, what we've been thinking, where our challenges have been, how we've overcome them, what we've done, what we're going to do. So let's break into it. Cindy, you first. Go, girlfriend. Oh, my gosh, you're throwing me first. (laughs) So I loved all your ideas, you know, our challenges and what we're doing. But I I think what I'd I'd love to um, let our listeners know is that um, Changing Habits always does a planning two days at this time for 2019 going into 2020. And I just want you to know my calendar's full for 2019 after the planning day. (laughs) But it's, it's so funny, um, I, over the weekend I went with um, my friend Ricky to Kingaroy and then up to Toowoomba to a wedding. And um, I said to Ricky, remember the days when we used to go walking and I'd say I have nothing booked for the year, not one talk, not one radio interview. And, and I said, and then I told her that my calendar was full for 2019 going almost almost all the way to October 2020. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's, I, I realise that planning is really important and I, I think you, that we should plan not only in our businesses but we should plan in our lives as well. So set aside holiday times like, you know, you know Karen, you and I are going to, in February we're going to Norfolk Island to swim with Trevor Hendy. So, you know, we planned that. Um, Howard and I have planned uh, the Camino Trail in May and June. 
Uh, and um, and then, of course, we've already planned 2020 where we're going. All of us are going to Mont Blanc and I, I, I believe there's no tickets left for that. So that's 2020. And so it was really cool to do that two days of planning because I got to listen to my amazing team, like, do all of their um, brainstorming and what they wanted to do and how we could do it and what 2019 was going to look for look like for the Functional Nutrition Academy as well as Changing Habits. So, you know, that I feel was uh, really exciting. But I guess what lights me up and what's really lighting me up at this point is the amazing tumbleweed that is happening that is growing in momentum around um and i know you've heard me say it a million times and everybody's probably going to turn it off in a minute but i want you to really um listen to the the momentum that's happening in the roundup glyphosate um i i guess debacle that's happened around the world and um i'm going to start with something that happened to me in Toowoomba uh, this weekend at a wedding that I went to. And as I'm listening to all the speeches, I had no idea um, who the bride was marrying. I didn't realise he was from agricultural sectors and that he was from um, a agricultural sector that had entomologists and pathologists in plant pathology and chemical specialists and all of that. And anyway, as I'm listening to all the speeches and I'm realising that these guys have all got something to do with agriculture, so I thought, this is really good. I'm going to pinpoint the people I want to talk to and I'm going to go and talk to them. So the first gentleman I spoke to was an entomologist, so he works with pests and they're starting to use bugs for bugs, which was really interesting, but more likely pesticides. But he was talking about pest-resistant plants and things like that. So I had a ball talking to him. He was so knowledgeable and so amazing. Then I spoke to a retired pathologist and she was doing her PhD in sunflower um, diseases and um, she was fascinating also. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then there was this lady beside me and she was a farmer as well as she worked for the same company as these other people worked for. And um, I, I asked her what she farmed and then I asked her what was her job in um, this company. And it's, it's, in a government com- it's a government organisation. And she said to me that her role was to go to farmers and see what they wanted. And these farmers in the southeast Queensland area, what, their biggest problem is that they don't want to spray chemicals for herbs, any, for um, weeds anymore. They want to do it without chemicals. And I said to her, I said, do you think that's possible? And she said, no, of course not. Roundup feeds the world. They have to use Roundup and that's it. And I, I said to her, so you have crops. Um, do you desiccate your crops? That's the drying of crops. And she said to me, uh, yes, um, I do. And I said, what do you use? And she said, I use glyphosate. And I said, Roundup? And she said, well, glyphosate is Roundup. This is when she got her back up. And I said, um, but glyphosate is also in 499 other products in Australia. And she said, well, glyphosate's Roundup. And, I, and she said, it's the same thing. And I said, actually, it's not. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup and there are surfactants and there are 
um, adjuvants and there are other things that make it more powerful. In actual fact, by itself, it can be quite weak, but when it's put in a product with surfactants and adjuvants, etc., it becomes more powerful. She got her back up more. And she started to go on about organic farmers and how they think they can feed the world and that they can't. And, I, and then she patted her husband on the knee and she said, time for us to go, hun. <laughs> I guess that was my time to go. Okay, end of conversation. I get it. Yeah, so I won. left. Yeah, I she left. She out of defence. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what mm. she did, Karen. But she was... It was funny. I, I just wanted a conversation with her. I just wanted to learn from her and I wanted to learn her practices. And I realised that as a farmer, she didn't have any information on glyphosate. And I said to her, but what about the health ramifications? What about what it's causing at the moment? And, um, and she said to me, um, but we're never going to feed the world. And I felt like saying to her, but you're going to kill everybody in the meantime if we continue mm. to do it. And then I left the conversation and I, I started to think about it and I've thought about it quite a lot. And I woke up this morning and people will realise um, by our conversation that we have actually recorded this uh, a couple of months after the fact. But I woke up this morning and I got a text from one of my swimming mates that was saying that the Cancer Council of, Austra the Cancer Council of Australia is demanding a review of Roundup and glyphosate and that they've found out that the Australian Pesticide and Veterinary Medicine Authority have not reviewed Roundup since 1995. And the information that's come out on, on Roundup is now, you know, 23 years on is huge that it's now got a link with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I've done a whole thing on Roundup and I'm not going to do it again. So if anybody wants to know more about it, you can go to my single session of Up for a Chat where I, I speak about it extensively. But I, you know, I, um, this is the first thing that came up that the Cancer Council of Australia have demanded that this happen. Um, and so it really puts mud on the face of the, our authority that, they have been neglect and that 24 hours after the fact that it was shown to cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in Dwayne Johnson um, and they were, Monsanto was ordered to pay up to 300 million US dollars to him, since that, you know, that they came out 24 hours later, our authority, and said, there's nothing wrong with it, it's safe, it's fine. And yet they hadn't even reviewed the literature in 23 years. Then... I get another text that Four Corners tonight, um, and I hope people who listen to this two months later can go back to Four Corners and watch. Um, there's a huge expose on the, the Monsanto papers, it's called, and it is about um, how neglect our authority has been and, um, and it, that it's, you know, it's Iraq has said it causes cancer and, oh, my gosh, I can hardly wait to watch it tonight. And for those people who have, who have watched it, they'll understand my excitement. So, you know, it's, I just, I find it really interesting that only 24 hours ago I was talking to somebody about it. So being the person that I am, I rang the bride of the groom or I, I text the bride of the groom and I just said, I hope you guys watch the four corners tonight. And she's, she comes back to me because, you know, I've known her for years and she comes back to me and she says, 
oh my gosh, Cindy, there were so many emails and things going backwards and forwards between everybody about the Monsanto papers and Roundup. So she says, I think they'll be watching. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, I guess that's my news is that I'm so excited about 2019 and I love being scheduled and planned and and I like before it I was like going how am I going to get everything in next year that I have to do and now it's it's all scheduled in and it's all planned and it's it's all exciting and then on top of that this morning I wake up to this and um and yeah so that's I guess that's my news um I don't think there's any other news except that I did go to Africa but we talked about that so we won't worry about that but yeah, I think that's my news. Got any questions for me, girls? <laughs> <laughs> I just I find it fascinating how you go to a wedding. Most people will be sitting there, you know, watching people hooking up or people, you know, um, who who was having family infighting or all the things. But no, no, not you. You hone in on the the scientists, the academics, the the reasons around agriculture. I find. You are the most fascinating soul when it comes to going out, and I love your ferociousness in in finding out information, particularly in a place like Toowoomba, where agriculture or certainly the country life is a lot more prevalent for us, those of us in the city. So tell me, what is it that happens? Is there just something triggers in your mind and you go, I want to know more, or you want people to know that you know, or what is your intent when you see that there's people in this industry? It was really interesting, Kim, that you should ask me that because as the ceremony is going on, I'm looking around um, at people because I know nobody except who I've gone with and the bride. That's all I know. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, how am I going to fill, a, you know, a wedding? What am I going to do, you know? <laughs> and because I couldn't just stick with the person I was with. I, you know, they wanted to speak to other people. So I, I was a bit like that. And I, I looked around the room and I saw two women. And I thought, why is it that those two women in a, a room of 50 are really appealing to me? And, I, and I, I, don't, I, I went, this is what's going through my mind as I'm um, at, in the wedding ceremony, at the wedding ceremony, even though I'm watching the wedding ceremony, and I tell you the celebrant wasn't as good as you, Kim. Um, so Aww. I'm, yeah, just not, but I tell you the bride was hilarious. Oh my gosh. You could have played with her and had so much fun <sighs> because this, this wedding, I, I, I have to tell you about this wedding. So he thought he was eloping. It was his 50th birthday and they were eloping to the park with four people. And she, behind his back, got all his family up from Victoria, all his friends from work, everybody to their house. And he was coming to pick her up and she took him. She said, I just want to come outside. I want to show you something before we go. And, she, and we go, surprise, you know. And then and he was, he, it was hilarious. And so when it came to the part in the ceremony where the, the celebrant said to the bride, and, you know, and I will be truthful, she just went, except for the last four weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it was, it was, she was so funny. She just, and so in love. This was a second marriage for both of them and it was just beautiful to watch. But like I said, I was also kind of looking around thinking, how was I going to do this? And, and there were these two women that really appealed to me. And the one that got her back up on me was one of those women. Interesting, huh? 
So I always look yeah. at things as synchronicity. You know I'm meant to be there. I know I was meant to have those conversations um, and they were, you know, either way. And I didn't hone in on her for any other reason, that she, but she appealed to me. I don't know why, but she just appealed to me and she just happened to be sitting beside me after I'd spoken to the entomologist. But I, my, my thing to hone in on them is I want to get information from them because I'm not a farmer. I'm not in agriculture. And so I want to, except for my farm, but I, I, I'm not a broadacre farmer and that's what he was an entomologist for broadacre farms, mung bean and soya. So, and she was a farmer um, of chickpea and I think it was wheat, what, what she did. And then the other girl was sunflowers. So my interest is totally to question them and be an investigative reporter and understand it. But then um, when I know they don't understand, throw something at them that might make them think. That's all. Mm. Not, not for them to know. Mm. They didn't know who I was. They had no idea who I was. They... You know, I'm sure they do now, but <laughs> I'm sure they're going, who oh, is that woman? I, I find it fascinating because even like you're at, a, at another level again, as Karen and I always say, as far as understanding agriculture and, and glyphosates and all the things going on out there in the nutritional world. And I'm sure many of our listeners have been at weddings or in conversations with people who are, you know, willfully eating um, gluten or their, their, their eyebrows have thinned and they're noticing that could be thyroid issues or they're, they're doing things that, you know, the more informed we become when we're in those social situations, I'm just interested and curious as to how we deal with that when we know there's a better way and we, and we don't know how to tell people that don't know. So, um, I like the way, I like the way you, you brought that up. But as you can see, she wasn't interested, was she? No, not at all. And she, she was dead set about we have to use Roundup to feed the world. And to me, that's propaganda from Monsanto. And um, I think she was wrong. She isn't was that wrong. The same line? Pardon? Isn't that the same line? Yeah, the same as, line. Isn't that the same line as vaccinations? Um, stop, pol- you know, like if it wasn't for vaccinations, we'd have polio. And I'm, I'm saying that a very general statement, but, you know, lots of people, that's their argument, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and, and I realised that there was a lot of resistance there and, and I loved when she just patted her husband on the knee. But I want to tell you what Ricky did and I'm going to make Ricky listen to this. She could feel it. You know what Ricky's like. She's got antennas everywhere. So she could feel the resistance. She got up and left me. <laughs> so when That's all good that friends do. That, that is not the job of a wingman or the wingwoman. Their job is to hang in there even when their face goes red, no matter what. <laughs> and it was, it was just so funny because when that girl touched her husband's knee, I turned to Ricky and she wasn't there. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, I love her. I love her dearly. But she just went, <laughs> I'm out of here. I might go over to the fire and just... But she didn't tell me because there was such an intense conversation going on and yeah, yeah it's interesting wow. I, and I, you know and I, it was interesting also I um I went to my my uncle's funeral last week and I had to go down to Barry and there's a two-hour drive between Barry and Sydney airport and uh you know there were people that needed to get back to Sydney airport so I invited two people to come with me he was um the 
best man at my uncle and aunt's wedding back in the 70s. And I thought, oh, I'll just ask him. So we get in the car and I just, you know, we were just chatting and I just said, oh, what do you guys do? And one's a solicitor and one's a medical doctor. And oh my gosh, we had the best conversation. Two and a half hours was 10 minutes to me. It was, I, I asked them questions you know, about law and environmental law and, and he's very much into um, Environmental Protection Authority, EPA, and they are, um, like, he's retired now. And so I had a wonderful time with him and, and his wife had been a medical doctor for quite some time and, and she was engaging and interesting and, 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 and said, you know, there is a lot more sickness than she saw back in the 70s when she, or I think she started her practice in 80, 81, 82 or somewhere around there. So I love how the world and the universe just throws people into your life to learn. And, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's like, I know I talk a lot, I do, but I also listen a lot and I love to be educated by people that have had life experience as, as Karen. You know, Karen, you always say, experience is the teacher that allows you to teach and um yeah so I I got that so that's let's catch up on me who's going next I think Miss Miss Kimmy Morrison I think needs to go next because she's had some excitement in her life and then oh my goodness where do you start (laughs) where do you start Um, (laughs) It has been a very big year and, and I'm very excited to say that with the with my two angels at my side, we launched my book, The Art of Self-Love on the Sunshine Coast, just a couple of weeks ago today. And I have to say I was blown away, not only by your kind words and your incredible love and support. And people have looked at the photos and said, oh my gosh, if you could see the love from those two girls, you're so blessed to have girlfriends that just adore you and respect you the way they do. And I thought that was so true. And then to have my children and husband speak, I didn't expect what came out of their mouths to to be shared. And then luckily Kaz came and stood next to, to beside me and helped me she she stood in my ear and went look up to the top left top left that'll stop the tears that'll stop the tears and so I stood there looking up to the top left an NLP little trick there so that I didn't lose it before I got up but I was I was very humbled to find out that the book's been entered in a, a big award over in the UK that the libraries have taken it on and now I'm just trying to get out there and hopefully get onto the mainstream television and hopefully into schools and hopefully into the corporate world because I think we'll all agree that the foundation for a, a truly vibrant, happy, fulfilled life is, is one of self-love and, and obviously how to deal with, with ourselves and, and how to still feel love even when we're going through a challenging time. And I've had some incredible feedback and amazing testimonials and people sending me photos of them lying there reading the book on boats and beaches and planes and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It's truly amazing to see three years of work culminate into nine months of getting it onto paper and then at a launch and now now we get to share it with, with the world hopefully and my wish is that, that you know more and more people hear about it because I can see the impact it's making on people's lives and 
and just really understanding the the foundation for what it means to truly love ourselves without it sounding woo-woo, wacky or too light-hearted. And so I think that's been my biggest focus. And my son had his school formal um, two years ago. I was thinking, you know, how... It would be so good if he could actually finish school because he had just been kicked out of school. And and here we are now about to celebrate with a valedictory dinner. We've had his formal and he's got six more weeks of school to go. Um, Taylor's off to audition at the West Australian Ballet and the Australian Ballet. And um, my husband's been in and out again and gone again. But, you know, we're just, it's, it's a very busy, sometimes lonely, um, road, believe it or not, but also an incredibly exciting one. And I, I just, you know, going back to the book, I felt very honoured that you were both in town at the same time. So I just want to publicly thank you guys and our beautiful listeners, those that have purchased the book, how much I appreciate it. So thank you, darling. It's been absolutely fabulous to watch that that book come to life through you, Kimmy, and to to see, you know, your commitment to that message is just just beautiful and I think that you know we're always on a um all three of us you know we're always on a mission (laughs) (laughs) if you think about it we're never not on a mission and sometimes you know the the mission that we're on is different but we're always on a mission Mm -hmm. and it's just something I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about the other day um because there's, you know, another coincidence that links the three of us and I'll share that when it gets to my turn. But it was, I was just saying, you know, when I look at each one of us, Kim, Cindy and, and myself, I admire you two girls beyond what words can describe. And so when I'm looking or when I'm feeling like things are not fabulous, I'll think, okay, so how would Cindy be managing this? And then I just have to look to see how Cindy manages herself on a mission. Like when she's on a mission to get something done, everybody needs to just step aside. And And Kimmy, you are no different, my love. Mm -hmm. I see it. It, Like it consumes every waking thought. And it just one thought leads to the next and it grows and it develops and it becomes something bigger and then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you know what I watch with you is almost like the law of attraction just seems (laughs) to be, um, I think, your greatest gift. Kimmy says she wants something and then she, you know, you, you, you put your mind to it and it shows up for you. You work really hard and you bust your freckle. And it's just so amazing to see how both of you girls actually create and how you bring to life your visions and your missions. It's so bloody inspiring. Just saying. Sorry, I'll stop now. Mm-hmm. And then she knows Sting <laughs> finishes one and she's thinking about her next. You are such a good <laughs> Like, Kim, you blew, blew me away when you texted me the other day and asked me for some information. And I, I turned to my husband and I went, oh, my gosh, this is what she wants to do now. She's unbelievable. She finishes her book. She then is on another creative mission. And, yeah, um, I just, yeah, Kim, you're absolutely amazing with what you're doing. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Well, it's inspiring, like you say, Karen, and, I'm sure that's why 
so many people tune in to us because we get such a kick and a lift out of not only each other but the guests we have on the show, the feedback, the comments we get and the and the support. And, you know, I, and I'd just like to reiterate at this point for all three of us, there's, there's dark times, there's lonely times, there's, you know, it's not always... Um, as Karen would say, kittens lying on their backs and paddocks. It's it's not always a breeze, and sometimes you get knocked and constantly knocked, actually. And um, and or you know, people putting you down or people saying things. So I think our ferociousness, what I have taken from you both in the same context, Karen, is is to not give up and and stay committed to the cause, stay in your own lane, don't give up. And if it changes course, be open to the possibility that things can change. And, you know, this, this book, I didn't think it was coming out till Christmas and I was happy with that because I had so much still to do in it. And then I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a deadline to get you to finish something. And when they gave me the deadline, it was like, you are kidding me. And I seriously was up all hours and... You know, I hold that book in my hand. Every day I touch it and every day I hold it and I go, we actually did it. It's, it's, it's insane. I feel very, very proud. I thank you, my lovely, beautiful soul. Mm. So what have been some of the coping strategies that both of you girls have adopted when things have gone a little bit awry? Because, you know, you know the, 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 the path from A to B isn't always smooth, like you say, Kimmy. But what sort of, what sort of, because I, okay, so the reason I'm asking the question, <laughs> it's not just for our listeners, it's also for me. <laughs> <laughs> because, what, you know, what I've found is that as your vision or your mission grows and changes, your coping mechanisms or your strategies for getting through, around, up, over, under have to change too is what I'm finding. So the way that I've handled challenges in the past doesn't quite seem to work for me at the moment. Ah, that's interesting. So I'm interested to hear, like, you know, how, you know how your vision changes and your challenges grow and you grow. Do your coping mechanisms grow alongside of that? Like, do the, the way that you handle those challenges, does that grow alongside of it? Well, what have you got for me on that, girls? Would really you like that the level one soul attitude that you have sometimes or do you want the level five soul? <laughs> Hit me with both, Cindy, because because oh. really right now I'm t- I'll take anything you've got to offer. Really, just oh. go for it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had a level one soul moment. If you want to hear about it, go. Alice does want to hear. Yeah. Oh yes, I did. I, and you know what? I haven't had one of these in a a really long time. Um, so if it's a if it's a a level three because five they're not on this planet but three um i just take it step by step i know that um it's it's meant to be you know the argument not the argument but the prickling of of hairs on the back of our neck that was happening on saturday night with this woman um i just went well that was meant to happen and i i took it with ease and it was fine and if i have a challenge at the office i'm fine but when it comes to my family and it, there's a, a crisis, Kim will tell you, 
<laughs> so I, I do make it to level one soul. And um, my dad was um, what made me go to level one soul. And he's 90 um, October 20th, so people will know that we've pre-recorded this. So um, he's 90 and um, I have his life figured out. I have beautiful, kind people looking after him. I have somebody living with him and um, something happened and the person who was living with him walked out and I didn't know until four days later that he, that he had walked out. Oh. And I went into, um, yeah, I went into what? Why wasn't I told, you know, the whole, what's happening? Oh, my God, how's that? You know, like I start, I go into the level one soul, just panic. And um, I may have sworn quite a lot. <laughs> I may have cut the vegetables harder than I normally cut them. I may have asked nobody to ask me a question because I was trying to figure this out in my brain. I may have rung my brother and screamed at him. <laughs> So, Karen, <laughs> that's um, and then after I'd done all that, um, I regrouped and went into okay, this is a, a good thing. I'm meant to change the situation that's happening down there, it's not meant to be what's happening. And my brother came up because he was maybe because I yelled at him. Um, but my brother and I have never had an argument. I was just venting. I was just upset and I was, I'd also only had four hours sleep and I wasn't coping. And um, so he flew up, my beautiful brother flew up and um, we sat down together with dad for, I reckon, on and off for about six hours. So we'd go outside and then we'd come in and then we'd go for a coffee and then we'd go for a walk and we just, nutted it all out and in actual fact what happened was a good thing um not my level one soul moment <laughs> the other time um but what happened was a good thing because my beautiful brother oh god I love him um he has decided that he wants to look after dad and so my dad is moving to Melbourne um, Wow. And we are, he won't move for quite a few months because we want to set my brother's house up right. We want to make sure dad's got a beautiful place and everything is going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, he wants to look after dad. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, it is, you know. So I went level one and he went level ten. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's interesting how things like that happen. Mm. You know, you can think that it's the worst thing in the world, but it actually lands up being the best thing that ever possibly could have happened. Yeah. I just am not proud yeah. of my level one moment. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, we have to have those level ones to appreciate. You wouldn't have realised how brilliant Marcus was maybe had you not gone there. And I'm always big on it's okay to go there so long as we have an awareness to get out of it quickly again because I think you're allowed to have a, I think we're allowed to break down, to break through, you know. I think it's really important that we honour anger, grief, resentment, fear, that we actually, they're, they're, they're real emotions. They're very tangible and, and loneliness and, and all of those things are very real. 
it's whether or not, and Karen, you've said it many, many times over the years, it's whether you want to be there for six years or six minutes. It's whether or not you want to create a story out of it and then become, you know, let it determine you um, as to whether or not it, 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 it becomes part of you as a part of your story. Um, and I think if nothing else, in the whole time, these five, six years that we've been recording these, I think if, if listeners have been with us from day dot, that's the the common thread is that we we all go there we all we all fall into self-sabotage or hurt or level one souls or all of those things it's just how quickly we pull ourselves through and maybe that's why i love the book the art of self-love because it's all my lessons that have been been taught by you two and all of our listeners followers clients and everybody that has allowed me to research this so so intrinsically so that I can see that there is a pathway and I guess in order to answer your question beautiful Karen for me I sometimes I just go into I've got to feel it to heal it and sometimes I can't fight it and so for me it's to get active so I've got to get outside or go out into the sunshine or and ironically you know a few weeks ago I, I hurt my knee so badly I can't go for a run or even a walk and I've questioned the universe what what's that about now I have to have surgery on it because I've so ruined the meniscus somehow just by kneeling and and I'm sitting there and I've been trying really hard to work on why why me and you know and how come when I've looked after myself and and now I've fallen in love with biking because Karen Cindy keeps wanting me to go swimming but I just can't quite cope with that yet so I've got onto my bike and I think it's always the path changes isn't it I, I am still trying to get her to come swimming, all of our listeners, because I just think she'd love it. <laughs> I think she would too. I think she would love it. I know, and you're going to start soon again, aren't you? Oh, Cindy, I go every morning almost, and I just can't bear that I'm not in there. <laughs> when you move closer to the beach, maybe I'll come. Yes, that's a good idea. I think in the winter, Kim, not in the summer, because the winter, the, the the ocean is flat and calm. In the summer, it's a little bit scary, I think, um, because we have big waves. So, and you, you know, um, I, we're not doing that to you. We'll we'll just take it when it's flat and calm. <laughs> so, Kim, when you are, um, you know, like what I was like. Uh, last week and I, I really haven't gone there in a long time but when you're like that um what do you do um well often I'll end up crying you know like I just and I see that as a release or I'll get teary more than anything yeah um and then I sit there and I go why are you feeling like this and and then sometimes there's that voice which we've questioned who is it who is that voice but sometimes I'll answer and go go and make yourself a nice cup of tea or go and have a nice smoothie. And, and for me, it's often ringing one of you or texting. I'll find I text or the other thing I do, and that's just to hear someone's voice so that I kind of pull myself back. Food's really big to me, so I'll – and I don't go and splurge and don't go and eat something awful. To me, it's more of a time of making myself something yummy so I can think clearer. And then the other thing I do is obviously my oils. I'll always put the diffuser on or go and have a shower and body boost or I'll do something around the oils or even just spritz. Or sometimes I just take the bottle and snort the heck out of it. Um, but the other thing that I do is, you know, music is a big thing for me. 
um, reading. I know this sounds bizarre, but I will pick up a book because it's so foreign now to pick up a book these days because we're so on our laptops and phones that I'll literally put everything down and just go and get a book off my shelf, close my eyes and let one of the books, and it's, no, there's never an accident which one I pull out. And isn't it interesting, just recently I did this. So I've hurt my knee and I looked up about knee and there's something in there about um, prosperity, a fear of prosperity and things like that. And then the other day I was in one of those moods and I went and closed my eyes, pointed to a book and out came the book, The Barefoot Investor, which I've had sitting on my shelf for, for a couple of years and I've just never read it. And, and I'm like, gosh, I've really, really enjoyed reading it. So I don't know whether that's related to the knee or not, but sometimes that just gives me another perspective. Um, and believe it or not, I'll put on one of your meditations, Karen, or I will listen to one of our podcasts um, or someone else's podcast. And particularly after interviewing Sean the other day or a couple of weeks ago, I really loved his quote of the day. Just to give me a 10, 15, 20 minute uppercut because um, I don't really like staying there for very long, to be honest. And I really, I really want to work through it to get on the other side and Go to the markets, I'll go and do something. I'm not someone who'll sit there and wallow in my own self-pity because then I, I'm scared I'll enjoy it. <laughs> so mine's a stampede, yours are cr- you cry. What about you, Karen? You've lost her. She just she goes quiet. Mute. No, she just goes quiet. <laughs> Oh, I leave so the building. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm <laughs> I've done a I've done a kill. I'm chat, 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 thinking, hang on. And then you said, we've lost her. And I'm like, oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought, oh, she's just showing us what she does. She goes quiet. (laughs) She leaves the building. She leaves the building. (laughs) No, 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 not quite that mature. No. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, I think, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> what I used to do um, <laughs> and what I do now, <laughs> I think, you know, what I used to do was a lot of those things where I would just take time out for myself or I would, you know, try and look to see how anybody, everybody else is doing their stuff or try and model someone else's best behaviour or, you know, I'd kind of really go into a very spiritual place to try to... Um, find my answers and it's been really really interesting through this journey of setting up spirit hive that um what i was saying to you girls before it's like my old and it's a it's such an interesting self-discovery i think that my old way of handling things as far as business and planning and strategy and all those sorts of things none of that is working And every time I try, or not try, but every time I feel myself slipping back into my old way of doing things, the way that I've always run businesses, um, I'm finding that I'm not quite getting the outcomes that I planned on initially. But then when when I find I take my hands off it, stay clear with the vision, but I don't actually take any Karen Smith flavoured action it either sorts itself out or I get the idea possibly the next day or the next day as to how to solve the issue but I find when I put my Karen Smith flavour on things 
um, it just doesn't work. And it's, it, it, it's a real um, lesson in self-awareness that I'm discovering that's beyond anything that I've ever experienced. Does that make sense? Lots. Yeah. Hmm. And you know yeah, what? Very much. And I thought I knew it all. I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> Seriously. It's like this big bat slap in the face. This is actually, no, you don't know. She's bang about she's bang. <laughs> but you know what, Karen? I think the more you learn, the more you don't know. Oh, you realise it. It's, it's the people that are not educated in whatever the field is. It doesn't matter what field it is. Mm. Um, but that maybe have a little bit of education but think they might know it all. But I find, you know, I've been doing nutrition for nearly four decades and the more I learn, the more I don't know. So I always go back to my basic principles, real food, because people are, you know, talking about all these different things. So I I think it shows you how educated you are in that field as opposed to any you know, as opposed to saying, oh, I, I really don't know anything, but you actually probably know more than, and I know you do know more, than the average person and therefore you understand the complexity of the subject and that maybe we'll ever, never know it all. That's a good point. It's a good point. I like when you say that to me. Oh, you're so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> So, Karen, when I say that to you, that's <laughs> I do like it. <laughs> Karen, tell us about what's happening with you at the moment. Because um, this is like our catch up, too, you know. Like, I know, it feels uh, so good because yeah, it does. <laughs> we haven't had a girly catch up for so long. I know. Wonderful. Okay, so there's lots happening on both a personal and a um, business sort of um, aspect. So, I'll start with the personal I guess um so Matt and I for most of our listeners they probably realize or probably remember about 12 months ago just over Matt and I moved into a new little house the tissue box and um we had a buyer come and buy that place from us about a month and a half ago or two months ago and then Matt and I really didn't expect that to happen so we didn't have anywhere to live so we went ferociously in search of a new house and it was interesting the journey of that because what's happening in my professional life for me is a 180 degree turn from what I've been doing for the last sort of 15 years and I felt like that 180 degree turn also needed to permeate my personal life and it was funny because Matt and I'd always have bought you know houses on blocks of land and what have you. And we've always done, you know, the buy, you buy the dump, you renovate it, and then you sell it. And because we don't have kids, we've kind of, it's, it's been a little bit easier on us to do that. And um, I've done a couple of events in Mooloola Bar, and I remember sending Matt a message, and I just said to him, we just have to make this happen. I have to be in Mooloola Bar. I have to swim with Cindy. I have to be in that ocean every morning. Make it happen. And, you know, it's so funny because whenever I say something to Matt, like make it happen, he is the master manifester. And 
I don't know how he does it because he does it in a whirlwind of heat and fire because he's a Leo and he's a fire sign. I'm an air sign, so I'm over the other side being airy-fairy. But no, no, he's, he's making the shizbang come to life. And we started looking at a couple of units in the Lullabar and some houses in the Lullabar. Anyway, turns out we've bought a unit in Malulabar, but here is the most amazing thing. Where we are, listeners, get this. The unit that we've bought, the land was owned by Cindy and it had a house on it that Kim lived in when she moved over from New Zealand. Cindy sold the land and some guys built units on it and now Matt and I have bought the unit on the same block. Can you believe that the three of us are all living in the same block? Or the, yeah, a location. I can't believe that. That's <laughs> amazing. Mm. It really is because we <laughs> live there. Kim lived there. You're living there. You just are a little bit higher than what Kim and I were. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually lived there too, Cindy. Yeah, we, what we did was that, um, we had our home, um, our main home, and we rented it out to go around Australia. And we went around Australia for a couple of years, and then we got home. and And Howard said, "I don't want to go home. Let's go live in the beach house, which we called it the beach house. Let's go live in the beach house, which we had bought as a uh, investment property. So we went and lived in that for a couple of years. So yeah, we were we have I've lived there too, Karen." <laughs> That is just to me, I'm like, you've got to be joking. What does that even mean? I know. Of all mm-hmm. the houses or oh. units that are available in Malulabar, the three of us have lived on the same block. And what the, <laughs> there must be like at least 20,000, oh, yeah. if not more, yeah. in Malulabar. Mm. I just, honestly, that just blows my mind mm-hmm. out of the water. So... The house, the, well, the unit settles on the anniversary of the Bali bombing and, oh, we, oh. and we move in on um, Jody, who I lost in the bombing. We move in on Jody's birthday. Oh, so wow. And yeah. we didn't plan that. Like that was just, you know, the day that the settlement was occurring and then the day that the removalists could move us. So go figure. Go figure. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I'm so excited for you to move in because oh. I see you every morning swimming. I can't wait. Honestly, it's been the longest six weeks of my life. I swear I go and park out the front and then I walk to the beach and then I come back and I stand out the front and I take more photos. And then I, <laughs> the next morning I do exactly the same thing. I just... Can't wait. So the last couple of weeks I've been out shopping for new furniture because Matt was so generous. He just said to me, yeah, come on, hon, let's sell our furniture and let's get some new stuff. So I've been out getting new stuff for our, um, our little apartment. So I'm very excited. <laughs> very, very, very. You so cool. deserve this. Oh. The energy that you will get from this and you will... You will just love it in a new space and you're just going to have such a beautiful, uh, I love Malulabar for that energy. There's something very precious and whenever I hear them talk about the Gabi Gabi land and the history there and what the river did and all of these things, there is something very special, I think, around the spirituality of that land. So it'll be exciting to see what 2019 
um, opens up for you because I, I can sense and I'd love you to explain a bit more about the transitions and things that are going on in your world and, and how you've also gone much bigger with your perspective and purpose. Can you, are you allowed to share with us yet what you're doing? Oh, yeah. No, I can. I definitely can. I just, and, and I'll pre-warn everybody now then because this is, you know, I do tend to go a fair bit deeper here on the podcast than what I do with, you know, people on the street. But I, because I know you guys all kind of know me that I'm a bit of a rabbit holer, but this has been quite a huge transition for me personally and obviously professionally. But July last year, I've said this a number of times, July last year, everything kind of crumbled. My reality crumbled. My idea of myself crumbled. My belief about myself all crumbled. And I watched it happening in one day, specifically when I had my mum and my sister at my house and we were having a conversation. And all of a sudden, this flash between, you know, in front of my eyes about who I was fell apart. And I didn't know who I was. So then I kind of had a bit of a fight with the universe for a while and was really um, was really angry that I had been um, let down and that everything I thought I was was part of a fictitious creation that I had made up. Anyway, so I fought with the universe for about five or six months and um, then interestingly enough, it was June this year that well, actually, it was beginning of the year that I decided, made a decision in January because I'd been trying to wait for myself to get this desire or to get that my next vision of what I wanted to create. And in January this year, I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. I thought, I'm sick of, sick of trying to make something happen or come up with an idea. I'm just going to take my hands off the wheel. And if something is meant to be for me, then great. And if nothing is meant to be for me, then I have to make that great too. So I kind of really took my hands off the wheel and then it wasn't until June that I woke up and I saw a picture on the um, Foxtel of the, um, what do they call that, Hillsong. And I saw, I was just flicking through the channels and I saw all these people, hundreds of thousands of people standing in the Hillsong conference with their hands reached up in the air and their eyes closed and the music playing and the lights were out and there were these beautiful psychedelic lights sort of coursing across the crowd in this huge, big um, auditorium or stadium, I'm sure it was. And as I stopped to look at that, I heard the spectacular music. But when I saw people reaching up with their eyes closed, I sobbed and I could sob even if I, as I think of it now. And it stirred something inside of me where I felt we're all reaching up for something bigger. We're all reaching for something grander than what we currently are. And it makes sense because we all want to expand into something bigger. But I feel that there's a movement, there's a groundswell that has happened over the last, let's say, five to seven years where religion absolutely has its place, but there's also been another spiritual movement that's evolved over the years that is not religious but deeply spiritual. And there isn't a place for us to connect, to be in community, to have conversations where we challenge our thoughts and we explore the nature of human potential through science, quantum physics, um, quantum mechanics. And we look to, um, you know, uh, some of the great teachers of this world that are not religious but, again, deeply spiritual. So that struck me one day and the next day I woke up with Spirit Hive 
And from that moment, I, and, and when I say I woke up with it, I mean, I literally woke up with it. I woke up at 5.30, I laid in bed and this vision, oh my God, I wish I could explain it. It was like somebody was putting a, um, there was a movie playing in front of my, my eyes. My eyes were open and then closed and then open and then closed because I couldn't quite believe what was happening. But it was like somebody was showing me um, clips of a movie and this went on for about an hour and a half as this movie just continued to unfold. And as I saw and watched each scene in the movie, the vision became clearer and clearer. And then I got out of bed and I thought, right, um, universe, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen through you, not me. Because I've spent the last 11 years stressed out and now I'm burnt out. And I know that the way that Karen Smith does things is very hands-on, very much about um, making things happen, very much about the strategy and the vision and all of that sort of stuff. And it burnt me out. So I said, I I, I can see how big this is and it's enormous, but I'm not going to do it. If you want me to do it, you're going to do it through me. And so that's kind of been the transition and obviously there's a lot more to talk about and we'll probably do that on another podcast so I don't want to hog all the time. But it's um, been a very interesting unfolding for me to wake up and to ask what is it that you would have me do today and then to hear like there's someone standing in front of me with a foghorn blowing it at me and it's, The first thing I heard was sort out the band. The next thing was sort out the, you know, the not we're a not-for-profit and a charity, and that is a massive undertaking in and of itself. Um, Sorting out the sponsors, sorting out the government grants, organising the venues, creating my board of directors, recruiting the board of directors. So each day there's been something that I've woken up with and I've just set about doing it, but... What's really interesting is that nothing I'm doing is making me money to pay for my car or my mortgage (laughs) or anything like that. And, of course, all the money that I've got, I'm sort of spending on the setup of Spirit Hive. So um, I'm in a place right now where I've got my arms in the air and I'm asking for it to rain. You know, I just, I laid in bed the other night and I said, universe, you're going to have to make it rain money. You're just going to have to make it rain each Spirit Hive costs $20,000 and we've got three set up so far and we are helping people all across Australia um, right now and supporting people all across Australia with counselling, with psychological support, with crisis um, counselling because Spirit Hive is, there's a lot to it but it also has a a flavour of arresting the statistics of suicide in our youth and both genders, male and female because we're now New statistics came out the day before yesterday. We were at 7.38 deaths per day. Now we're at 8.68 deaths per day. And we had 65,300 people attempt suicide last year. And then for every person that didn't attempt it, there were 240 that thought about it. And that's the statistics that we can glean from the people who are willing to participate in these surveys. That doesn't include everybody that's flying under the radar and suffering in silence. 
And I dare say we could double those figures easily and we would have a clearer perspective of what we're dealing with as humans. So for me, I know we've got it. We don't have it right. The way that we're all living, we don't have it right. There's got to be another recipe and I'm working real hard, real fast to um, bring that to local communities across Australia and their spirit high. Well, I'm really glad you've taken that undertaking and not me. That is phenomenal. I just am in awe, Karen, that you have... I'm glad the universe spoke to you, not me. Put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You are amazing. Like, like you're right. This is needed. Yeah. You know, I live on on the sunny coast. Um, I was walking with my swimming partners today. We swam. We came back. And apparently um, at Point Cartwright there was a young person Mm. trying to jump this weekend. Um, The parents were there. The police were there. You know, everybody was there saying, don't do it. Um, And apparently it was successful. They got got this person down. I don't know if it was a male or a female. And I just think, like I look at this planet and the life we've been given and and I, I don't, I guess I don't comprehend it. And so I know that you have been touched by this. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful, Karen, that you are doing this because it's just I don't know what else that people can do to stop our youth from doing this. And it is young men more than young women. I know that women are there, but it's young people, isn't it? Yeah, well, the boys or men are um, twice as likely to actually do it, whereas the women will attempt it more. And, um, you know, the women are more likely to go on an antidepressant or to find someone to talk to, whereas the men, they don't do that. They just take their lives. Mm -hmm. It's just, and they tend to be more brutal in the way that they choose to do it. Like a woman will tend to take pills or um, something like that, whereas the men will hang themselves or they'll do something more brutal and savage. So it leaves a greater impact. You know, it just we had a 15-year-old friend of ours commit suicide on the weekend. And I just, you know, I, I, I just see this incredible loss of life of people just desperate to exit. And when we spoke for the Wellness Summit a couple of weeks back, or a couple of months back now, actually, there were 700 people in the room. And when I said, Who's, who here has been touched by suicide or depression? 700 hands went in the air. Wow. 100% of the people in that room put their hands up. So for me, honestly, we don't have it right, but I know that Spirit Hive can be part of the solution. We can fix it because we're all about arresting the thought processes in our young. So we have a massive youth development program we have a youth leaders program. We have um, a crisis counselling program. We have live local meetup or meeting groups on Saturdays in in all of these different locations. So, you know, we have the resources. We have the um, the ability. We have the, the 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 skill. But then we also have almost like I'd like to say the spiritual backing behind it because none of this is coming from me. I don't think that. I would have chosen to take something on so massive by myself. (laughs) So I know that I said that, guys, when I first started, that this is going to be a bit down the rabbit hole and I go a bit deeper with you all. But I don't, I honestly don't think that the Karen Smith that I've known all along would take on something so big 
And so I really feel like it's coming through me and I just try and surrender as much as I possibly can, which is why I'm asking, how are you guys evolving when it comes to handling your challenges? Because I'm in a state, Cindy, and you were spot on where mm. I don't know a lot of the time, but I'm, I'm moving forward even though I don't know. I'm still moving while I don't know rather than having my don't know stop me because there's just no time to not, there's just no time for me to be stopped. So it's, it's just, it's such a fascinating self-discovery for want of a better word. Mm. I tell you, mm. I know that that sounds really woohoo and it sounds really out there. I know, I know, I know. So I don't know what else to say about that. I, I don't think it does. I don't think it does sound woohoo. I think we're all, we're all searching in this time nowadays to, to find more meaning and more, um, more reason it's it's not enough to just live 80 90 100 years anymore it's it's there's there's we've been blessed to be in a time where food for the for the for the bigger purpose for those of us that search it is good that we have shelter for most of us we are we have protections around us in the form of police and and all of these things are in place and yes i know that there's some things that never go to plan and there's tragedy still and there's all sorts of conflict and struggle but ultimately, I think what you're you're almost expressing a part of what's going on with most of us anyway, and that is maybe it's, I wouldn't call it spiritual turmoil, but it's spiritual questioning, and maybe maybe we're all getting older, and therefore you do spend more time doing that. But I I don't think it's a bad thing, and I don't think it's woo, Karen. I think it's I think it's incredibly brave, and I think it's incredibly needed, and I just think that what you have to offer and how you deliver is so nurturing and so intelligent and also incredibly insightful. And I, I think you have us all question a little bit deeper and a bit more why and a little bit more. Um, and, and in the questioning of that, you have us accept ourselves more, believe it or not. So I think you're taking another one for the team. <laughs> you're, you're probably <laughs> feeling a lot of what we all feel. But whether it's personal or professional, and I don't know, I think it's I think it's incredibly, I think it's incredible what you're doing and with Cindy. Mm. Oh, thank you, girls. Now, thank you. I appreciate that. That means the world to me. It really does. It means the world mm. to me. Yeah, I look forward to going I'll to the first one. I remember. Um, Karen, you were looking for a place on the on the sunny coast, and I said, "My farm. It's just oh, a, the yeah. building up there." <laughs> I just, oh. I think it'd be just brilliant up there. About a hall up there, it'd be the best place to have it because, yeah, I think when you get out into nature and you get away from the busyness, um, it just it, it's a it, it changes every aspect of your life. As and that's why I guess we go hiking and walking together and we spend time in nature together. Yeah, totally. I. 100% agree with you. So you just let me know when you build that hall there, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, we'll be right up. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so there you go. So that's me in a nutshell, all of it. There you go, bam. That was a great catch-up. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you. And I think if I was listening to this podcast, I'd love to know um, you know, I, w- I would love to know how I can now apply this to my own world. And I think with with our questioning here today, I sincerely hope that our listeners get to see um, how sometimes having a close friend or a, 
a beautiful someone that's not only a close friend but beautiful coaches and also beautiful supporters and champions of each other that it's the discussion isn't it the conversation the the opening the vulnerability the being raw and asking the questions that allows you to then search within and get more clearer on perhaps what it is that you'd like to be doing or that you'd like to improve on or that you'd just like to even let go of and I think there's nothing else up for a chat especially when the three of us are together is is a beautiful it, it means so much to me too guys and and I'm really very very um, appreciative on reflection sometimes when I go back in and listen to these podcasts just how much we we get to learn from one another so I, I hope it's done the same for our beautiful listeners that's beautiful Kim. Hmm. well then I think our work here is done Mm-hmm. for today's mm-hmm. podcast it's been a slightly longer podcast but hopefully you guys have enjoyed catching up with us so if you've got any questions for me kimmy or cindy um, about anything that we've spoken with you guys here today we will do our best i will do my best if you've got any questions for me can't guarantee i'm going to have a good explanation but i'll do my best go ahead to our facebook page at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat any comments, any questions, anything you'd like to throw around with us, just go right ahead and let us know. Also, you can post your comments and your questions at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. Now, make sure that you guys join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.